Hello and welcome to the Emerald Gamescast, episode 40. My name is Nolan, with me is... I'm Janelle. And... I'm Alex. Is it really episode 40? Yeah. First episode since... Oh, I can't do it. Uh, let's, let's see, let's, let's, let's brainstorm. Um, the, well, you were kind of leaning towards first episode since 39, <laughs> which would have been funny all by itself. I is, was gonna is say episode that. 40 not enough for you fuckers? Is that the, not good enough? Is the fact the that it's not first a big four and the, a zero? episode where the second digit is four less than the first one. <laughs> the, <laughs> my, um, the first episode since my midlife crisis because now i'm 40 you guys now i'm 40 oh we you, do one you age year. you age one year every episode yeah jesus yeah well i don't it's very hard I'm, on us i'm still here in oh. the i'm <laughs> like that fallout 3 song a uh what how does it go a mighty mighty man young, young and you're in your prime, prime. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm not going <laughs> to sing it on mic but we're back it is october 2nd and let me tell you listeners Video games this week coming in hot. Not a lot well, of stuff coming out, well, but the news, the video game kinda, news is coming in hot. This week is kind of mostly catch up um, because there's yeah. one really big story that we really wanted to, to cover and talk about because yep, yep. in my opinion, I've mentioned this just before the podcast, this might be one of the biggest stories in video games this year, I feel like. Ever. I'd say. Just kidding. Not I think ever. Janelle even before well, the podcast said maybe in the last five years. Yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah, I would not argue that at all. This is a big deal. So, so well, tell us what it is. Yeah, what is uh, it? So, Microsoft buys out uh, Zenimax, which is the company that owns Bethesda, which in turn is the company that owns id Software, um, Arcane, uh, at least one or two other big ones that I'm blanking on right now. But a lot, a lot. Yeah, Bethesda, id Arcane. All of Probably them. Machine Works, the Wolfenstein guys. Oh, yes, thank you, yeah. thank you. I forgot about them. Or Machine um, Games, rather. But yeah, Microsoft has bought them. Yeah, so it's uh, Arcane, Machine Games, Enemax, Bethesda, id, Tango, which I completely forgot about. They're the guys mm-hmm. who did Evil Within and are working on... Um, are they the ones who are doing... Uh, uh, what's it called? Ghostwire Tokyo? I... Oh, I forgot about that game. I yeah. forget if that's them, but in either case, I didn't know about Tango either, so Resident Evil creator Shinji Mikami, now working for Bill Gates, the man himself. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, well. This happened, so, like, several weeks ago as of recording this, and you're going to hear about it several weeks later, probably, just because of the, the editing schedule, but um, but I feel like we just had to talk about this, because this is a big deal, and I wish we could have yeah. done it sooner, but, you know, things happen, and now we can talk about it now. If it If it eases your pain alex i think it just happened last week it just yeah. in non-recording time it feels like a million years but episode i think that was just will, oh yeah week. episode also will go up in like a few days yeah. the fact that the but. world's a disaster has kind of warped my sense of time no, irreparably i understand today has been three years long <laughs> yeah it has for a reason it's closed yeah we're so the, we're recording this on uh october 2nd so go ahead and check the news if you're reading this in the future um or scroll back to the news i guess you could say um so the Microsoft buyout of, of Bethesda is a big deal because uh, recently, and, and by recently, I'm 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 kind of talking about a, a wide timeline, maybe in the past three or four years. Bethesda has has been moving to a place of more independence from 
the big three. Um, like they, for example, became one of the few companies to have their own E3 conference alongside Ubisoft, um, Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo with their direct and all that. There, there yep. was at E3 a Bethesda show. Right. And almost everything they did was multi-platform, or is rather is multi-platform, e- even up to and including the stuff that's actually currently announced is all announced as multi-platform, it, including PC. So uh, Deathloop even, which is an arcane game, was actually going to be a PS4 exclusive, at least a, a temporary exclusive. So I, I don't think that them becoming a first-party developer for Microsoft was something anybody expected. And the nowhere. ramifications of that are, are are pretty damn large in terms of what this means. And not not just when you think of... I think when people think of Bethesda games, they think of Bethesda Softworks games. So most people will think of The Elder Scrolls and Fallout. But like Alex mentioned in the beginning, they, they actually, um, when it comes to their parent company, Zenimax, they encomp- encompass a lot of developers. And then each of those developers, like Arcane has Arcane in france and they have arcane elsewhere you know machine games has multiple studios as well that all work concurrently so very wide net um and on the heels of sony showing off so many exclusives even ones from bethesda it's bizarre it's Alex, so they said something weird. about what they're going to do with the games that are already announced for sony right they did yeah so they are yeah. going to that they're going to honor that. They're going to honor their exclusivity. Um, I think one of them is permanently exclusive. One of them is a timed exclusive. Um, or will stay on the PlayStation exclusivity. So they're going to honor those. But this is, this is... We're putting on a rumor hat here. There have apparently been discussions from Sony to make uh, Starfield a console exclusive. Oh. That's not going to happen anymore. I don't know. I think... I don't know. I don't know what I think. I don't do business. Never mind. Well, what were you? What was your spitball? Here? I think that there are certain games that they know would be a mistake to make only Xbox exclusive. Because if my okay, here's my understanding: if Microsoft owns Bethesda, they'll get the money that Bethesda makes from games, right? So it wouldn't make any fucking sense to keep like the big, huge Bethesda games xbox or pc exclusive like skyrim isn't because they lose money no they wouldn't people who want to play people who want to play the elder scrolls game would go and buy an xbox this is a system most people don't do that most people don't have that kind of money that's no way no way i mean think about we literally talked about in the podcast not too long ago about how skyrim was a not not exclusive to one system but was a system seller people were buying consoles for skyrim I, th- I think I understand what you're saying, though, um, especially from the angle of, of developing goodwill with the fan base. Yeah. Um, kind of showing that you're not going to be clamping down. I think it's what? a viable theory. I, 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 think, I think I would wonder, um, and I'm not a businessman either, but it would be interesting to know strategically uh, how much Microsoft cares about goodwill right now compared to market share. The, totally. I think that would be the big deciding factor because... You can make a lot... It's kind of like whales with mobile games. You'll have, I think you'll have a lot of people that won't buy consoles, that won't run out and pick up games. Um, but I think that you'll have enough that will, that it might help tip the scales. So I think both of what you're saying makes sense. Well, here's, here's the thing. Microsoft lost the console war, right? I feel like we can definitively say that. 
The Xbox yeah. One undersold. It was technically a more powerful console, but nobody cared. It didn't matter because they weren't offering, you know, there were no, it, it didn't have any interesting games that were for it. And of course, that software. whole, yeah, it's all about software. That whole uh, reveal fiasco where they were like, oh, you license out games or whatever, right? Or like mm-hmm. you are tied to certain things way back in like 2015. I don't remember. When was that? But that happened. Microsoft lost. And so they have been playing nice with every other company, right? To try to mitigate that. They've been trying to push, uh, and, I, and I do still think they're going to try to push Game Pass as many places as they can, because I think that's going to be a big deal. But they've been pushing Game Pass. They've been, you know, releasing games on Nintendo hardware. They are willing to honor deals and play nice with Sony. They're not going to need to do that when they have Bethesda, like when they have an Elder Scrolls game under their belt. The world is their oyster. They can they can, they can ask people to jump and they'll ask how high because they want to play the Elder Scrolls. And if that means they have to buy an Xbox, I think they're going to do it. I, I do think that makes sense. I just don't think it's quite as like nefarious as that. But maybe I'm just naive and I don't know how this stuff works. But well, yeah, I don't think they're like being evil about it. But I think they recognize like, hey, we can, you know, we spent a lot of money. It was like, I don't remember the exact number. It was but... a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was an insane. It was more than uh, Disney spent for uh, uh, Lucasfilm, by the way. Seven point five billion dollars. That's billion with a B for Microsoft to buy Zenimax. I think that the thing is, you're right. They don't have to play nice, but um, I think strategy still plays into it, though. That might not necessarily mean that it's a good idea to stop playing nice. Because on a long-term scale, uh, it it might be maybe profitable is the wrong word. I don't mean necessarily profitable in the monetary sense, but it it, it could be good strategy to continue to um, foster a relationship with your players and with your users without sort of funneling them into a walled garden. Um, in order, like you bring more people on Game Pass, you bring more people in on phone streaming you 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 get your games out multi-platform so more people are paying for them all of this stuff you might not sell as many xboxes but we talked on previous episodes about how microsoft seems to be focusing a lot less lately on selling xboxes and more about making xbox into kind of a brand and kind of an ecosystem um less than a physical machine that you put on your entertainment system yes so uh i I think this i i can see it being I can see it being both ways, because if they if they try and clamp down and go like we're gonna leverage this to make the Xbox dominant again, um, if that were to fail, because Sony is in a is in a in an incredibly good position right now, hmm. so if that were to fail on Microsoft's part, they would have alienated a lot of people while also not gaining the upper hand on market share. So I I don't know I. I think I might I might side with Janelle on this, but I'm not totally sure. I'm Honestly, kind of down the middle here. Well, I, and we did talk about this on the podcast, the idea that Microsoft might just bow out of the console game and pull, like, a, a Sega. And I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility, but I think they realize that they've got, they've got some serious firepower now with uh, Fallout and the Elder Scrolls games and Doom, right? Yeah. Like, I, um... Am I, am I going to sneeze? No, we're good. Um, I, 
I thought for sure that they would pull out of the console game until they announced this, and now I don't think that they will. Yeah. This just, I don't think they have any reason to anymore. But I don't know. Um, one thing, I don't, I don't even know where I stand on what I'm about to say, but the thing that just keeps floating around in my mind, despite the fact that, you know, like, Skyrim was a console sellers, I don't think that, here's the thing. Microsoft has Halo, and they do have, like, some good exclusives, I guess, but I don't think the couple of good exclusives they have plus the Bethesda games are enough for it to be a huge console, like, that everybody's clamoring for, like they did the PS4, if that but makes it, sense. But I, I, guess, I guess, like, maybe where he's coming from is if, if, ex- no, I know. if, exclusives, yeah. if exclusives tip the scale at all, they're doing so in addition oh. to your choice of platform for multi-platform yeah, games. Yeah, absolutely. I just mean as an aside, that is a thought yeah. that keeps floating yeah. around in my head about this. Well, like, you I, I definitely like... bought a PS3 for Last of Us exclusively. Right. And then knowing that that would be the system that I played, well, for example, Bethesda games on because they're multi-platform. So if they were to make it single platform, I, I, I can see it working. Well, they wouldn't make it not PC, though. That's yeah. true. And, and also Game Pass drastically alters... This is... Game Pass and every Xbox game being on Windows makes this a basically unprecedented situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else like it. Alex, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, you two both brought up Sony, right? And and Nolan, you specifically mentioned that you bought a PS3 for Last of Us. Yeah. Last of Us came out several years into the PS3's lifespan. And this was during the recession when they were really stretching those consoles out, right? Yep. Right. Last of Us and came out in like the last year of yeah. it, I think. And Halo Halo 3 was a system seller for the 360, and that's part of the reason why the 360, I would say, won that generation of consoles. But like ever since then, it's never been, they've never really been able to achieve that with Halo. Like the brand is kind of devalued. I would say I, like, since Halo 3, uh, 343 has not really picked up the slack on... Well, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like 343 could make the best Halo game ever, and it, it wouldn't have the the time and place magic that yeah. 1 through 3 did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you gotta talk about, like, you know... Obviously, we don't know when these games are gonna come out, and Bethesda is kind of notorious about, like, you know, moving around dates and releasing games that seem unfinished. Um, but... I think it would be in their best interest with the next console generation to pump out a game that is exclusive to one system and have that be a big deal, right? Like, Yeah. I just, I could see them maybe doing that with um, Starfield. Is that what it's called? Starfield? Yep. Yes. But not Skyrim or Fallout, I guess is what I was, what my conclusion is. Like sure, maybe yeah. you could get away with that with a new IP. I think so. I but think you don't want to look yep. like a bully. I for think pulling so. away yeah um what i want to know your guys's takes on i know we don't want to linger on this forever but bethesda you're right like they release these unfinished games they have a really hard time deciding dates they said that they weren't even going to start developing the next elder scrolls game until they made a new engine for it do you guys think that microsoft owning them now will push them to actually come out with new games in the next couple of years like do you think that's the they've been dwindling and falling apart for a while now i don't i don't know like because from a business perspective the the revenue flow is coming from the entire umbrella of zenimax 
Um, whereas Bethesda Softworks themselves, like they don't, re- I don't think Bethesda Softworks really makes that many games. They, they, their last big release, well, I, I guess it would have been Fallout Four. Yeah. Um, Who did seventy six? So I don't really know. Oh yeah, Fallout seventy six. Oh yeah, yeah, Fallout seventy six. Oh yeah. boy. So I don't know how those choices are made on the ground level, but I would I would have to wonder if like, Zenimax, is is making money for Microsoft. I wonder how much Microsoft, at, on their administrative level, cares. How Zenimax is divvying up the development time? If 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 Bethesda gets like six years to make, um. Elder Scrolls Six or Starfield, um, if they can stick to the timeline, does that change from Microsoft? I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe not though, but I, I don't really have anything to back that up. It just seems yeah. like Microsoft would want to say like, let's get them to create the best product that they can without interfering. That makes sense, but I'd like to make an argument, which okay. is I think I have this is baseless. I think that if Xbox, if if Microsoft hadn't bought them. I genuinely do not think that Fallout 6 or The Elder Scrolls 6, 5. Fallout 5? No. Yeah. Fallout, yes. Fallout 5, Elder ah, Scrolls 6. Would come out this generation, this next generation. This generation? Yes, really? I do not think that they would come out this next generation. Wow. I think that they have to now. What do you think about That's Starfield? I don't think Starfield? it exists. It's like, <laughs> it's Tim Rogers... <laughs> truck heck it doesn't exist starfield is just star citizen i don't see how that's going to be any different than no man's sky but i guess we'll talk about that when uh, original no yeah. man's sky okay when... well it, it, the only thing it has to do to be different than no man's sky is for todd howard not to go on a late night show <laughs> and say that it's going to be the greatest entertainment product ever created by a human Nolan, and you're then... asking todd <laughs> howard not to lie yeah. You understand that, right? Uh, listen, That's nobody a tall lies. order for him. Nobody's ever lied like Sean, whose last name I can't remember. Murray? Murray. Sean Murray? Sean Murray, except for Peter Molyneux. Todd Howard doesn't have a Twitter. Do you think yet? he got coronavirus? Isn't that crazy? Is he okay? I f- no. He, he Where did that come from? What the fuck? I'm just thinking about how we haven't heard from him since since E3 2019. He, he, he was in a video that... Uh, Bethesda released to to quell angry crowds that weren't really there. That's another thing. People didn't seem people. Yeah, that's another thing that I forgot to mention. People were not. People were more angry about a separate storefront on a PC, which is a a machine they already own, than they were about this acquisition, which is insane to me. Right? Like people were overall like, "Oh, that's weird and cool." Okay, there were not nearly as many people angry about it as as I think anyone was expecting. This just makes me think of that time at PAX that we went up on that rooftop of the Hard Rock Cafe when, <laughs> listeners, Bethesda did not set up a booth on the show floor of PAX 2018. They rented out the entire goddamn Hard Rock Cafe in Seattle, and they served drinks on the roof, and the drinks were Fallout-themed, so they were well, like each one bright was a neon game, blue yeah. or bright neon green, and... They let you play the Elder Scrolls mobile game on the roof of the Hard Rock Cafe. Yeah. And if you went downstairs, they had a special presentation on that card game that nobody cared about. Um, and this just makes me think of that. And I, I don't really know why, except maybe the excessively corporate feeling of it all. Um, I had already kind of lost faith in, in Bethesda uh, um, in general. Yeah. And I, I don't have a reason to think that this acquisition will lead to lower quality products but if it 
if there's any chance that it does lead to them being rushed out to match some kind of window that Microsoft thinks can maximize revenue or market share or whatever, then I, I don't know, man. I just don't, I just wonder, is there, is there an angle that this makes this uh, better for Bethesda games? I think so, because there's you more think, money. You think so? I, yeah, okay. I think that the okay. money itself will make it better. I don't think that they can get much worse than they are now. <laughs> yeah, I, that's true. I, I mean, unfortunately, I, I do believe that. I think that yeah. this can only help them, or they'll just... I think for a lot of fans, like, their next couple of games are it, right? Like, If they don't get Elder Scrolls Six at least kind of right, I don't know how many people will stick around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It could exactly. be a Valve situation where they just, this is their fall from grace. You know, this is yeah. when yep. we realized, oh, they don't care. Um, but yeah. we'll have to see. And maybe yeah. they'll surprise us. There is a story in here that's very surprising that involves Microsoft. So we'll wait to that later. I want to do before, that one last. Yeah, that one's last. Before we move on from this story, though, it's oh, worth yeah. mentioning um, that Phil Spencer, who is sort of the head of the Xbox division right now, uh, did specify uh, when asked, he said that Bethesda will operate semi-independently in terms of what games are released multi-platform yes. for the PC, Xbox, uh, PS4, and that they'll judge that on a case-by-case basis. Now, obviously, um, neither semi-independently nor case-by-case are defined or given any kind of parameters here. So that that doesn't, in my opinion, that doesn't mean a lot to me. But it's good to know that this at least isn't a guarantee them shutting yeah. down all yeah. kind of the market on Bethesda. So. I think make... they learned their lesson with Rare, where they Can just we... destroyed oh, man, they Rare. Rare. So bad. Yeah. What a, what a tragedy. <laughs> what Can happened we... to Rare? Can we make a bet based on that little headline you just read? Okay. If I am right, and if Starfield is exclusive, but Fallout and Skyrim aren't, you guys have to buy me a really expensive steak dinner at the next PAX we all go to. <laughs> okay. After write, the news I, comes I'm out. writing this down right now. I will. Okay. I will. I mean, obviously, I can't really put it in my calendar, but I will. I will try to keep this in mind, <laughs> listeners. Thank you. If you listen and you care about us and you care about Janelle's <laughs> steak dinner, or then... lobster, yeah, because I feel that so strongly. I feel like a. Like I, like I can see the future. I feel that I so will, strong in my what mind. If, I will what take that bet. Did, I will take what that if bet at on E3, the other side. No, guys, imagine this. Imagine this. At E3 2022, okay, um, Phil Spencer comes out and announces Fallout 5. They play a big trailer, okay? And then at the end of the trailer, it says, Coming Fall 2022 to Steam, PC, as in Microsoft Store, <laughs> Xbox, <laughs> and PlayStation 5. And then, afterwards, Major Nelson walks out on stage God. and they wheel out a printed Damn. vinyl poster of the Fallout 5 marketing. <laughs> and he walks over to the PS5 logo and he peels it off <laughs> and he throws it on the ground and he goes, Psych, bitches! Xbox exclusive! He just and lies? That's the, end, that's the end of the conference. <laughs> Wow. I don't know what's I, more likely, Janelle's lobster or Janelle, Janelle's surf and turf or the uh the, that happening at PAX. Or or Major Nelson coming on stage yeah, in yeah. any capacity at all in 2022. <laughs> that also know, as well. I don't know which one I want more. No. Yeah. Um let's talk about another game I don't care for. Much. Oh man. <laughs> let's do it. Okay. Want to bring us in, Janelle? Yeah. Listeners, all I do on this podcast is talk about how bad I think that 
cyberpunk. I forgot what it's called. I yep, go for it. Cyberpunk <laughs> is going to be. Well, I'm right because of unfair labor practices. Um, CD Project Red said in an interview with Jason Schreier last year that they would not be doing crunch in their studio for this game. And they just this week instated mandatory crunch. I think it's six day work weeks. Does that yeah, sound about something right? Something like that. I guess Longer I, hours. I don't have a link or anything, but I did read on Twitter somewhere that this has actually been going on for a while now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it sucks. We I feel like we talk about crunch all the time. Article says this that is always a thing. Various departments have already been working nights and weekends for weeks or months straight in order to meet deadlines, according to people that have worked there. Yeah. So it's 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 been going on for a while. Yeah, yeah, like, two things. One is that Jason Schreier tweeted out in response to this because every shitty libertarian gamer is like, it's people's dream to work in a AAA video oh, game. They should off. be grateful. Like, okay. they're not getting, like, yeah. And But also, one of the things he talked about was, like, crunch is not just a, a, a week or two of overtime. That happens, right? Especially if you're going to launch a game, that, like, last rush or whatever. The issue is it's a sustained thing, right? Yeah. And you are right that it says that they are so... CD Projekt Red SA this week asked all of its employees to work six-day weeks in the lead-up to the November release of the game, which, by the way, listener, at time of recording is a little less than seven weeks right now, mm-hmm. so a little less than two months of six-day weeks, um, and it specifies that several employees are asked to stay, uh, well, as a anecdotal example, the article says that an artist may work well past 7 p.m. because their coworkers are all still there and they don't want to be the first to leave. Or it says, talks about people on the um, audio team, for example, staying until after 10 because they're waiting for someone else to submit files that they need to work with. And um, in any case, basically everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Hanging out. I, one other and thing a lot of them, a lot of them not getting paid for overtime. One other thing I wanted to mention is that the person who quote unquote broke this story, Jason Schreier, had an audio interview with the head of CD Projekt Red, the guys behind Cyberpunk 2077. Um, where he, he said what we said, where he was like, yeah, we're not going to have mandatory crunch, right? But one other thing I thought was really interesting in, in the interview, which I, I listened to, not to, it was like a 15, 20-minute interview that he did a, a year or two ago. I listened to it again recently, and one of the things he was saying in his thick Polish accent, he was like, now can you just let us work on the game? Can you please stop bothering us so we can work on the game? Like, he's blaming Jason Schreier oh for reporting this. So I'm like, are they going to put out, like, hit lists for, for Jason for reporting <laughs> this now? Like, is this the final straw? Probably. It's like how Bethesda, about how Kotaku isn't allowed to get new Bethesda games because they're blacklisted. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, it's just, why, I have so many thoughts in my head about this, but, like, why don't they just make this game next-gen exclusive and then cut a lot of the work that they have to do? It, Here's the thing, might, I agree. It might have to do with contracts. They might yeah. have already signed off on this releasing for that, PS4 and yeah. Xbox One. That does make sense. Okay. I agree completely that at this point, especially now, they should just cut their losses and bring it to next-gen, and maybe that could even give them a chance to delay it a little bit. It would also like, give them a chance to not make a, a launch, like a ninth-generation launch game basically be an upscaled eighth gen game yeah yeah it would be able to do a lot more i think in terms of like even if the graphics don't change that much for next gen there's been a lot of talk about how the processors on these consoles allow for ssds more more characters in a scene faster loading time um with their goal of making a living city i i i wonder 
you know, you hear a lot about game development being a process of subtraction as well. Like you can create a city and then you can populate it, but it might completely break and not function until you gradually cull elements of it to optimize it perfectly. That's part of the debug process too. So yeah, I don't know. But... There's there, there, there may even be an amount of problems that could be fixed by just not having to make right now. They're having to make five versions of the game. Oh, four, four four consoles are being developed for ports and a PC port. They could cut that down to three, yeah. and save a lot of time. Even probably but save a lot not of not only hours. not only would it be a contractual thing, it would make gamers so angry. Yeah, they would oh. be because they've been told this entire time. Oh, there's pre-orders. Gonna be on. And, yeah, 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 and that would also but, be a hassle. But like, but they had to have known before now, right? Long before two months. Yeah. Before the game comes out, that this is an issue. This game, they've been pushing it back and back and back, but only a couple months at a time. They should have just delayed it a year mm-hmm. and really given it like the time it deserved. Well, now and... they've started TV ads, so they're definitely not going to delay it now. They've, they're yeah. too, they're in too deep. Um, it's also and, worth and because of that they're abusing their employees. That the article says that the the mandatory crunch time being instituted right now. Um, the Bloomberg article phrases this as the, quote, formalization of an informal code that has already long existed in the studio. So yeah. they're not necess- just suddenly working overtime. This sounds like it's already been the practice. And that line in the article where they talk about people staying late because they don't want to be the the first person to leave, that, that doesn't even sound like a a rule issue so much as a culture issue yeah. and and I, and I don't mean like polish i mean cd project red corporate culture you know encouraging people to stay around um and 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 we heard about this back when actually our very first episode we talked about crunch culture at rockstar san diego i want to say san diego for red dead redemption 2 yeah i wasn't on how... for the uh for the last of us episode but i know that there was an issue with that as well um yeah, yeah. we're where we talked about how the uh, the Hauser brothers, the two people in charge of, the, of Rockstar, or at least formerly in charge of Rockstar, said um, in their in their defense that basically, like the they're not. They say, well, we don't ask everyone to stay. They all want to stay. They they all want to do their best for this game. They're all super passionate. But like, as a as a spokesperson in in power, right? Do, do you do you really know if all the people who are staying until you leave are staying because they're passionate about the work or because they don't want to talk to you about how they want to go home? Absolutely. I, mean, I don't really trust that voice necessarily. And it sounds like with Jason Trier, the interview was with the one of the heads of the studio as well, who might not have the same ground level view. Can I go on a non-video game related rant for just a second? Absolutely. Is that cool, Alex? Sure. Good. I think people, rightly so, often criticize Japanese work culture for overworking their employees to death, ruining marriages and families and that is valid but gamers not the people who are talking about this but gamers are so fast to say when it comes to video game studios that like well they're just working extra hard to make a game i want i don't really care because this is a game i want and it's so hypocritical it's just all i can think about and it's been driving me crazy i don't have anywhere to go with that but it's just i can't stop thinking it it boils down to just like self yeah, yeah. It, it's it's selfishness. It boils down to like, I want this video game, so this is okay, and then that feeds back into, well, people are okay with this, right? It's just it's a cyclical thing. 
Yeah. And, and and we're seeing and, it's only getting worse. Well, the, the the like the problem is that we're guilty of this too. Not not in terms of what we say and feel about these companies, but I mean, I still bought Red Dead Redemption Two. Yeah. I still played it. I I didn't. When it comes to voting with your dollars against work culture, my vote in that moment was that I did not want to have not played Red Dead Two to make a stand that wouldn't be heard anyways and that and that's hard because like i mean i didn't pay for it it was a birthday gift but i definitely already have cyberpunk in my steam library yeah so it's 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 hard like i want to be well it's also kind of i want to be like an armchair ethicist and say like it's 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 upsetting that people vote with their dollars uh the wrong against their interests they say they don't support this this work culture, but they turn a blind eye when it comes to a game they like. But I, I'm just trying to say in, in like full transparency, I kind of do it too. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. and I you think know. that's partially because, you know, we host a podcast about video game news, like, mm-hmm. right? Like, and we had episodes dedicated to, I think, every one of those three games, the three big AAA crunch culture exposés that were released. Yeah. All by I, Jason Schreier, by the way. Yeah. Um, I think... One thing to note, and I don't know, I'm not the, like, how to do this well police, (laughs) but I think the biggest way to avoid taking part in it, and no offense to you guys, because I know you guys both have this game pre-ordered, but pre-ordering games is fundamentally a bad idea, which sucks because I enjoy doing it, but it leads to a lot of issues. Yeah, and And I do think that, like, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2 was still a piece of art that people made, like... They, it it's also kind of shitty to not play it a year later and make them have worked for nothing, right? You have to wonder. You work on a game for eight years, and everyone right. boycotts your game, and they do it on behalf of making you feel better, right? Like you don't know if that actually I, does work for them. I just think that the answer is not pre-ordering, yeah, games, uh, yeah, in general, yeah. unfortunately. Because once once it's out there, it's 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 it's. It's such a multifaceted problem because you're right. Once it's out there, you want to support the fact that these people who put in the hours created this this product, and at the, at the very least, it should be observed and and thought about, like to honor that. But at the same time, that might encourage the people in charge to throw those same workers into the same cycle again. Right. And so it's it's really it sucks and the the fact of it is that as a as a player you don't have the power to change how that happens you you have the power to do what you can but the change has to happen from above yeah it's it's not going to be us it's like any single thing that like people blame other like individuals for it's not our fault that global warming is happening we can do our best but it's not our fault at the end of the day it's corporations and these giant entities and it's hard but it's one of those things right we're like to in, to be able to encourage those entities to change there needs to be yep yeah the, we, the, we the, can the, the language that they speak is financial so the consumer can actively yeah. choose what they want to yep. participate absolutely in and not. yeah right but you know what i'm saying like i do yes. i do I, the blame needs to be rightfully placed but we still have to do our job yes yeah absolutely and that that's video to games be, are fun it's it's yeah. like a balancing act the blame needs to be rightfully placed and you got to figure it out but if you're interested in keeping up with games, is it realistic to battle this by abstaining from every trip, like basically every AAA release? I mean, that that's a, that's hard, and that it's a personal choice. There's a balance. Um, you know, I think that the first step is awareness. I think that, that I, it, it, 
props to people like Jason Schreier who oh no why is my alarm going off oh because it's time to wake up you've been dreaming I all five p.m. alarm you live in the utopia there is no yeah. crunch can culture. we keep that should... in the episode yeah we can sorry <laughs> sorry uh well Janelle this is easy for you because you, you don't even like that game you no. don't even want to play it do you no I'm gonna I'm gonna interact with it how are you gonna interact I'm gonna with watch it? you play all of it start to finish I. My problems with it, I'm going to mostly keep to myself because a lot of them are based off of stupid things I've read on Reddit from horny Redditors that I don't even necessarily know are part of the game. Um, but just like objectively, when they released that, what was it, that like 45 minute long gameplay thing? One of the very first things they showed outside of the trailers, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I was really let down by... The dialogue, I didn't feel like the world seemed to actually be alive. It felt exactly like a Bethesda game. Um, mm. And, God, the dialogue was so fucking cheesy. The The problem is that when people try to write scripts making people sound tough and like they're from the slums or whatever, it just sounds dumb and bad and performative. So that was an issue too. But um, at, at, just at the end of the day, this thing that everybody thinks is going to be this huge masterpiece, it, it very well may be, but it just looks like a kind of cheap video game and in a way that I really don't vibe with. I think part of the problem is set in the expectations. Yep. Like, I'm not, yep. Yeah. I'm not going in. I think there are a lot of people who are expecting Cyberpunk the way they expected Grand Theft Auto V yep. to be sort of like the yep. be-all, end-all of <laughs> virtual entertainment. But I think we need to understand what this is as an open-world RPG in fact, it is such an RPG that every character has a floating nameplate and speech text bubbles above their heads and numbers fly off of them when you hit them. Yeah. Like, I think people need to understand, like, did you like The Witcher? You'll probably like this. Well, that's the thing, though. It's not going to be like a... The Witcher also in... has that same reputation. That... People are imagining, like, Ready Player One, like, I'm going to step into an alternate world and live a new life mm -hmm. or something. Well, that's the thing. The Witcher has the most toxic fan base it of does. all time. Yeah. And so Which they're making a game where you can, like, control your character's vagina or whatever. Like, those well, those same people you can customize. control it. <laughs> Fucking you contract. control the vagina. Donald Trump. You are the gamer. Yeah. You know what I you mean? You can't control the character. Only their vagina. There's no way they're going to let us make that the episode title, right? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. But, but for our ahead. true listeners, if you refer to it as any of those words, well, good if, on you. If you see us on the street and say, hey, I love the vagina episode, we'll know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just, I don't know. I'm going to watch it. I think a lot of it is really bad. I think... No, you know, I was going to say a lot of my beef comes from the way people acted during The Last of Us 2 release. Because, you know, the most toxic people on the internet were going, this game fucking sucks. It's so shitty, but Cyberpunk's going to be perfect. But oh, yeah, I had problems yeah, long before then. So. Yeah, it did. Eh, it's just going to be think, a I think that's part game. of it, yeah. Because, like, everyone wants to have their gaming messiah, right? Like, oh, this yeah, game doesn't have... Course. This game doesn't have feminism or SJWs in it. As you have, like, detailed, like, non-binary options in the game. Which like... is, is the idea that people were somehow surprised that a game based on a cyberpunk world would... would body include, augmentation. Like, yeah. Would include body augmentation and, and transhumanism and, and breaking away from, like, biological presets is... Well... It, it goes to show that maybe their conception of cyberpunk begins and ends with neon kanji yep, yep. and and um 
Harrison Ford with a gun, you know? Which, you know, and so. there's been a lot of people who've written about how that's problematic, and there's issues with yeah. with the, the sort of glorification of, of Asian culture. There was a really yep. good well, article. I don't, I, I, I don't, I I don't about know about it. glorification. I'd say cyberpunk, the, I'd say 1980s cyberpunk bordered on being terrified of, of oh, Asian yeah, corporations. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. Um, Maybe in the modern day, the kind of, like, aesthetics of neon kanji have become cool instead of scary, though. So it's sort of, like, shifted back. Yeah. Yeah. You want to listen, listener. The, Wait! The, don't what? ask Alex. Hang what on. is it? <laughs> Do you know what that was? Do you know what that was, Alex? Nolan? You know what that was. You saw my phone. Alex, <laughs> Do you know what that was? <laughs> That's the first look. Hold on. I gotta, I gotta go. Wait, hold on. Yeah, hold on. I need to. I need to take a quick break. I'm gonna grab a bite to eat really quick. What? Where are you going? Oh God, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> no, so there is... was a there was a fun <sighs> surprise announcement. If I'm if I can talk about this, unless anyone else wants to tackle please it. Do, no, please do. Please do. Please. It's a very fun surprise announcement the other day. Uh, Wacky. Nintendo tweeted out, "Hey, we're gonna reveal the next Super Smash Brothers character, which is always a big deal. Always super fun. I always love to catch those live and." There were no, like, leaks or rumors surrounding it, so I was like, ooh, cool, this will be a fun surprise for once. Finally. I won't know who it is. Let me paint you a picture. It is uh, 7 o'clock in the morning on the West Coast. I got up I got up explicitly for this. I was talking with my friend who lives on the East Coast. She also got up at a much more reasonable time to watch this. And it's, they, they set the scene, right? They're, it's, they're just playing Super Smash Brothers. Mario's getting juggled around by everybody. And he flies <laughs> off the stage, and he bursts through a wall and it's a dark he's in a dark area he can't see anything it's dark and it's spooky and there's dramatic music builds as you hear someone approaching the other end of the wall and you hear like there's some they're like trying to break through the wall to get at them and then a block removes just a a perfect (laughs) block removes and And it's the guy from terraria it's a fire emblem character it's It's dragon quest builders too it's dragon quest builders too yeah yeah it's, it's drag- the guy from Space Engineers with the voxel <laughs> game. It's moves. me. It's you. Who is it, Alex? Who is it? It's it's everyone's favorite, Minecraft Steve. Ah, love him. Love Mine. him. Love that guy. I yeah. love that guy. When are we going to get him on the show? Character. He minds. He crafts. His what, name what, is Steve. What can't this guy do? Minecraft Steve and Smash. That's his name. That's yeah. his full it says, middle last it says, name. It comes in and does the the Smash thing where it says his name and it says he rocks the block yeah 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 they're blocks and it shows a little it shows a little highlight reel and you can play as different skins yeah you can play as enderman you can play as alex you can play as zombie you can play as me i think that's it is that it yeah that's more of those yeah it's all pax 2019 (laughs) we're sitting in alex's living room watching e3 i said pax but i meant e3 yeah damn it they're all the same and i just kept saying Minecraft Steve for Smash Bros. Because <laughs> it's a Smash funny Bros. joke, right? Yeah. But it's real and it's cool. Yeah, he looks awesome. He looks fucking awesome. Did so you guys see He the... has some building mechanics. Like, you, you you, actually have... And we don't know specifics. We can only guess from the highlight reel. But it We're going like to find specifics. Sorry, just really quick. We're going to find specific. By the time you're listening to this listener, we'll know specifics. But on October 3rd at 7.30 in the morning, right before Minecon... Um, they're going to show off more information about the character. So, oh, well, so right now the specifics of this are pretty unclear, but it, it it does look like even though it's Smash Bros, you do seem to actually increase your attack power by like crafting better 
weapons yeah, to yeah. replace your your um what do you call those in smash not your specials but uh, like your a button attacks just your your regular attacks your i attacks. guess it looks like he's using a button to place a crafting table building a sword and then doing guys, higher damage with it guys what guys come come closer listen they turned smash bros into fortnite <laughs> oh no they turned smash bros into fortnite oh no I can build while you shoot people. Did you guys happen to see the, uh, right after the trailer, they showed Sakurai talking about the character. Do you guys happen to catch any of that? No. So that was amazing. Sakurai is sitting there in a, on a, on a desk with his hand on his chin and he just sort of slowly looks towards the camera and he's like, that's right. The, the best selling video game of all time. Minecraft is now in super smash brothers. Um, and he talked for a second. Yeah. The whole game. But he talked for a second about like normally, uh, Nintendo approaches me and my team at Sora Limited and now Namco Bandai, who is working on the game, and being like, oh, can you work this character in the game? And when I can't do it, I say no, but it's usually, like, what they want me to do. He made that very clear, right? Um, and he said, but several times, someone from Nintendo kept coming to my desk, putting their hand over their glasses and being like, oh, surely, Mr. Sakurai-san, you can put Minecraft in the video game. <laughs> and he talked, and he was like, do you have any idea how hard that is? Do they think this just happens by magic? Minecraft is a completely different type of game fundamentally than Smash Brothers is. I don't know how that could work. And he turns towards the camera, and he's like, so I had to lay it out straight for him and tell him, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was amazing. And he talks about how, like, you know, he's a big fan of Minecraft. He plays Minecraft. He plays a lot of video games. He's an avid gamer. If you couldn't tell from his entire franchise that he is in control of being a love letter to video games, right? Lowercase, lowercase g. Yeah, lowercase g, lowercase g. 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 He's a good. He yeah. seems like a decent person. I don't know him personally, yeah. but you know, Mr. Sakurai. I do. Yeah. He's great. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. We should. We, you should hook me up sometime. I want to hang out with him. But friend of the show. Yeah, friend of the show. But you know, <laughs> Sakurai son. Yeah. But gamers were, yeah. there weren't as many people mad about it as I was expecting, which I was happy about, but there were people who were like, this doesn't belong in Smash Bros. And it's like... I'm, I'm, so, I'm so far beyond ever being mad about a Smash character. As long as it's yes. not a unless Fire Emblem character anymore. Unless it's a Fire Emblem character. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Mean, it's like, the, 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 the weirder and less coherent the Smash characters are, the more I'm excited. I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm still hype about Smash Ultimate. But I've played so much Smash Ultimate at this point that just another well-constructed character to add to the meta is nowhere near as exciting as a weird, like, yeah. bullshit character that only kind of works. <laughs> it's so much more Absolutely. exciting to yeah, me. Yeah. My timeline was pretty upset. Well, upset as in they kept saying, I know this isn't for me. I know this is for kids, so I can't get upset. But, like, it is because you played it in high school. Like, yeah, that's a, new, that's a new and boomer test. it's for test. everybody. And it's pretty cool i don't care about minecraft anymore at all but i just think well, minecraft's that still a fun little game well sure but i don't care sure, anymore sure. you know but that trailer was so cute and it just looked like a lot of fun you i'm want, very excited you know what i was imagining during that trailer What's that? i was imagining like a drunken stubbled notch marcus person sitting in his his house watching the trailer and going like I could have been getting a cut of this money. I'm so glad he isn't. If I hadn't, if I hadn't said the damn, I could have hung out with Sakurai San. If I hadn't said the dang darn racist things on the Twitters, <laughs> I could have been all okay. Well, he he sold Minecraft like... before he went completely insane, didn't he? And I, then he just yeah, like left the I team. So. Yeah, like he took the well, money and ran. Well, no, okay. I think what happened, he sold it. Microsoft owned the property, but Notch was still part of 
the game, and then he it got taken over by what's the guy's name? Uh, Jeb? yeah, Jeb. Jeb. Jebediah not, Bush. Yeah, not yeah, not not Jebediah Bush, the guacamole merchant, but um, <laughs> the one who worked on Minecraft as a coder. Uh, look, I don't know the timeline, man. Remember, remember, Notch was gonna make a game where you had to like control the wiring and paneling on a spacecraft, and you were gonna simulate space flight no but i remember and then, he, and then he became a billionaire and just like stopped doing anything i remember yeah. Cl- do you remember yeah. cliff horse no cliff horse is no. a game you are a horse there are many cliffs you have a ball you have to just roll the ball around the cliffs that was the video game was that, it, was no, a, that he released the skyrim joke the skyrim joke and no it's literally there's actually a there's, game that notch worked on called cliff horse yeah but, it, yeah but yeah but it's a skyrim joke a, though might be a, a minecraft joke. joke in skyrim there's a minecraft joke in skyrim yeah there's a, there's a pickaxe and like the, tall, a, the yeah. tallest mountain in the yeah. game if you climb all the way up to the tallest oh, yeah. mountain you'll see it and yeah, it's I remember. and it's beautiful yeah. That's fun. but you know yeah, my and, it's it's cool because mm-hmm. minecraft like they said is it's and like we're talking about now is a huge deal right it's in all lots of it's referenced in lots of other games it's a big part of oh, like yeah. what video games are now like minecraft influenced so much of video games you go to Best Buy to buy a buy a computer. They got a picture of Minecraft on the wall. It's true. To show you how the computer works. Every now. kid can play Minecraft on <laughs> every machine they own. Yeah. Like that's just yeah. like a thing now, and it's and it's insane. Um, you go on PS Vita. That makes it a real video game. Two. That's true. Two quick thoughts. One, Alex always says there's never been a game like Fortnite. It's Minecraft, dork. Well, Secondly, I do not say that. I say this at, I mean, as far as cultural relevance sure. goes, you, you do I'm pretty that. sure I did mention um, Minecraft in that sentence, but go on. Anyway, secondly, I say this um, with what I know will be the disdain of one of our two loyal listeners. I saw a lot of people get upset that he still won't recognize the pro smash scene. What? In that, like, oh. I saw a lot of people on Twitter. Hang on, I'm talking about... I'm not talking about Frankie. Frankie, our dear listener, Frankie plays a lot of that Smash Bros. Not well, yeah, like, not that game. Ultimate, mostly melee, but yeah, not not ultimate. But all I'm saying is that people for a long time have been complaining that Sakurai doesn't really talk about the pro scene, right? Yep. And I saw a lot of people on my Twitter talk about like how that was still a problem. But I really like that he's just extra giving in to like this is a game for families and kids. And no, absolutely. I don't know. There's there's a I'm just having yeah. a character that is like for families does not mean that that is not a, applicable to a pro scene you know like this whole game is marketed to kids every game was marketed to kids but yeah. there's still like oh, yeah. a le- every like even like other fighting games were marketed to like teens or kids you know like yeah totally but this but... is this is such a weird bizarre choice probably the last thing that we I can say it. about it um is that i really like how they just didn't change the art style at all there was no attempt yeah. to make him look like he fit in with the game. It just literally is the model of Steve in Minecraft. It's really good. It looks like a shit post. It looks like something somebody lazily edited in as to make like a Twitter joke, but it's real. And it looks really good. It looks fun. I'm excited but to see it tomorrow. Um, speaking of Minecraft, what was your favorite game of 2011? Oh, listeners. When did Minecraft come out? Well, let's let's just say, <laughs> listeners, we every episode of this podcast talk about the best games of a given year that is not the current year we started um many episodes ago back in 1995 and we've been working our way up one year every episode so now we're on 2011 is what janelle was talking about there mm-hmm. yep. did minecraft come out in 2011 i'm pretty sure we had Holy this discussion shit, it did. last episode it did. did it it did it huh? came out a week 
after Skyrim. Well, you know what I think we talked about last episode is whether or not you consider the alpha of Minecraft to be the beginning of Minecraft or the 1.0 release. Look, it's Minecraft Classic came out in 2009. Yeah, because it was an alpha for two years. I see. So the Minecraft we all know and love came out one week after Skyrim. Is that when it came to consoles oh. too? Or was that later? Um, For Windows. Alright guys, what is the best game of 2011? What's yours, Alex? Well, that throws a wrench in my plan for sure. Um, oh no. See, I was going to say... I was between a couple, right? I was between uh, Bastion and Portal 2. And Bastion's a great game. I love Bastion, but I gotta go with Portal 2 just because like... A lot of people don't like Portal 2 as much as Portal 1, and I think they're wrong. I think they are both equally, if not very, very close to the same caliber of, of game um, in terms of just, like, not just storytelling, but, like, interesting gameplay and, like, yeah, the conventions of video... The way that they play with the conventions of not just video games, but, like, space as a whole is really fun and good. Um, so I'm going to go with Portal 2, but... Yeah. I, now that you mentioned Minecraft, I don't know, because we did just talk about how influential Minecraft is and what a big deal that is, so I'm going right. to tentatively go with Portal 2. Fair. Fair. What about you, Noel? Oh, man. Um, shit, Dark Souls came out that year, too. Hey, spoilers. <laughs> oh, shit. That's what I was talk about. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, listeners, the best game of 2011 was Dark Souls. I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to say unequivocally, hands down, the best game of 2011 was Dark Souls. Uh, cause that, that's a damn good game. And, um, I don't, I don't have to tell you people to talk about Dark Souls cause, cause you, you probably can't even escape that if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Probably you open YouTube and watch a goddamn video essay about like Crash Bandicoot and Fuck someone you. talks about Dark Souls. It just happens all the time. So I, I, I won't even talk about it cause that would be boring you, but you know, good game. I will talk about my runner-up, which is Deus Ex Human Revolution, oh. which is hmm. probably the game that I played more of in 2011 than I played Dark Souls. I think that that is a great RPG. I think it holds up very well. And I don't think that the modern Deus Ex games, um, well, there's only been one of them since then. I guess they've only had Mankind Divided, but I don't think that it is better than Human Revolution. Uh, I don't even really know that I think it's very comparable to Human Revolution in terms of, of, of quality. So, yeah. 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 Damn good game. Play it. And uh, Damn. if you're interested, play Deus Ex the original. It's a fantastic game. It was my choice for 1998 uh, or 99, maybe back in the day, old episode. But, um, you know. Well, you know what? You're wrong about the best game of that year. Damn it. Because Skyrim was the best game that came out in 2011. And I can prove it because... That's all we fucking talked about this episode. <laughs> Nine years later, it's and all anyone several ever episodes talks about beforehand, still. like yeah, several episodes. Skyrim yeah. and Minecraft were phenomenons, unlike any other game yeah. in the last. It's true. It's true. Decade. I mean, I would well, say every one of our picks, every one of our main picks, Skyrim, yeah, like, Minecraft, Portal, um, Dark Souls. All of them. Not Deus Ex. Deus Ex didn't revolutionize anything. Well, except for (laughs) Mankind. Yeah. Yeah. Divided them. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But 2011 was fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, when you said Dark Souls, I didn't realize that game came out that year, so that was a little hard. Well, it wasn't hard, but I considered it. I pretended it was hard. (laughs) That was a really freaking good year for games. That was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. 
It was. Damn. Port- I mean, it, 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 the it you, you know it's a great year when you can pick any of those games just alone by themselves, and they would have created a ripple in the water wide enough to remember that year. Like Portal Two, if that were the only one of those games that came out that year, Portal Two alone would have been a big deal. Skyrim, yeah, alone would have been enough for most people for that whole year. You know, yeah, that's wild. Well, not yeah. for most people. A lot of people. Fun fact: a lot of people hated and still do hate Skyrim. Yeah, and a so. lot of those people still played a shit ton of it. Yeah, Sky- it's true. We talked about but, this episode. Ago, a... but Skyrim was a cultural reset. Elder Scrolls fans are are are, are infamous for for playing a game for like nine hundred hours and then going, "This game's mechanical depth. It's so shallow. It's nothing like Morrowind." Yeah. I can't believe I wasted so much time was, with it. I was guilty of that. Alex, can I tell you a story that I've told Nolan here many times? Sure, but we got like three minutes. I, I know. It's going to be a 30-second story. Okay. Speed. When I got Skyrim, I played it on one of those like big, huge, giant, old TVs that weighs 100 Like a CRT, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I didn't know how to refit the game, so I spent like two years playing that game not knowing <laughs> that there were health or stamina or magic bars. <laughs> Or a map. <laughs> and, you, and, you, and you didn't get to pick. You didn't get to pick like most of the dialogue options on the bottom either. Maybe no. I got to pick all the dialogue. Oh, is that's, that higher that's, up? That's higher up. But okay. the map and the and the health bar, not a. So you were like, oh, an immersive experience. There's no hide. I, I'm really good at Skyrim. <laughs> so many people went out of their way to make like no compass tick mods. Yeah. You just got it for free. <laughs> Come over to my house. Wow. Yeah. I'm in. That's an amazing well, story. Thank you. I, I, well, I hope the listeners see. were amazed by all of our stories because <clears throat> this is the end of this episode of the Emerald Games cast. Episode four zero. Listeners, we have an email, emeraldgamescast at gmail.com. You can send us all kinds of things like um, some screenshots from your most recent Skyrim playthrough, I guess. Show us if your you're Minecraft house. You're still doing house. those. Show us your Minecraft house. Show, Show us, us your, your, uh, your Skyrim house in Minecraft. Yeah. Show us your, your your Skyrim house in that DLC where you can have a house and orphans and you can like marry someone. It was like hearth- Hearthstone. No, not Hearthstone. <laughs> yeah. Hearth. Hearth. Uh, hearth. 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 Fire. We also have a Twitter. At the Twitter is at o d e gamescast, um, and you can reach us there too with any questions or send us your best pumpkin spice so- latte recipe. Ooh. Recipe? In Skyrim? Yeah. Well, first you need like a espresso maker. That's a lot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Guess we have some shopping to do. In any case, I've been Nolan. With me has been... Steve. <laughs> Mine... <laughs> like, of Minecraft or yeah. of Bushimi? <laughs> or... Of Minecraft. Of okay. Of Bushimi. <laughs> I am Steve of Bushimi. And also with me has been uh, Alex of Minecraft. I don't even have to change that one. Oh, That's true. He's the he's the, he's the blonde skin. Even That's he looks just like you. Well, no, she's got like she... red hair. No, she's blonde. What? She definitely has red hair. We're not having this discussion again. It's been too long since I played Minecraft. Listener, send us a pic of Alex from Minecraft. Yes. See you next week. <laughs>